Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into word, let's open up in prayer. Mm-hmm. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for coming into our midst and just giving us your word and making word we have your word and that we're able to be redeemed. Lord, I also just thank you for just making us inside of your image and nobody else's. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome, everybody. We're continuing our study in Romans, and this is not a a mistake. We are rereading, or (laughs) we're going to recapture, recover those same scriptures that we've gone over the past previous couple episodes. Mm -hmm. So, could I get a volunteer to read Romans 12 and verses 1 through 8, please? Oh, yes, I'll do it. I'm sorry, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Amen. So the floor is open because the Holy Spirit has ministered to each of the those here to share what he has spoken and ministered to them and of course, if there's any questions, we would love you to ask them so we can all study and learn and grow together. Mm-hmm. All right? Okay. Okay. So who'd like to begin? I would. The Lord was talking to me about Romans, ver- Romans sorry, verses 6 through 8, mm-hmm. where it says, Having thank gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exor- exhortations, he who gives with liberality, and he, and he who le- leads with diligence, he who sows, sorry, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. 
And how the Lord was talking to me about a couple of devotionals ago. We were talking about gifts and how the Lord, was ta- talking, the Lord said that a gift is never really inside of use unless you, it's in proportion with your gift. Say that again, sweetheart. A gift is never fully in use unless it's in proportion with your gift. So a gift is not used unless it's in proportion with your gift. Is that what you mean to say? In use. It's not in use unless it's in proportion. So explain that to me. Or to us. In. Lord. So let's say the Lord wants me to give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, let me backtrack. Okay. So, in Matthew, the Lord is talking about how if you say fool somebody, you're, mur- you're murdering them inside the heart. And now the Lord's talking about it's the same with the gift. Let's say the Lord told me to give Layla, give Layla a new car. But if I go grumbling on the inside, then I'm not really giving it. Giving it to Layla. Okay. Mm. And how, when I'm grumbling, I'm since I'm not really giving it to Layla, it's not in use. Hmm. So it has to be in proportion with the gift. So is this Hmm. why there's scripture that says the Lord loves a cheerful giver? Yes. Hmm. That also reminds me of the scripture that says, do all things as unto the Lord. Amen. Uh and not to grumble and complain against one another. Well, there's that. But then we also have to look at First um, Corinthians 13, right? When love is defined, right? Because all what we've been discussing here for the past few episodes is is the love commandment: loving God with your entire being and loving His people, your neighbor, right? They're all the yes. Lord's people, as in the Lord created them all, right? Now, his people, Israel, are the ones that have believed in him, and he is their God, we being his people, right? Um, so 1 Corinthians 4 through 7 says this, Love suffers long and is kind. I'm oh, sorry, wait, let's back up to verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. And then, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Did everybody get that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. And what is truth? Scripture says it very plainly. Your word, thy word, the Lord's word, is truth. Which brings us back to exactly what you said, sir. If the Lord told you, so he commanded you to do something, that's truth, right? 
Yes. So we should rejoice in that. The Lord doesn't need us to do anything, clearly. He didn't need us to create the heavens and the earth. He did it all by himself. So he could have done it himself. He allows us, provides us the opportunity or opportunities to participate in his plan. And we should rejoice in that. Yes? Yes. And when we are doing that, again, in the manner that he said to do what he said to do or to say what he said to say, then that is the fullness of that gift at that time, right? Because these gifts are also, I'll say, proportioned as to one's faith, right? And faith is a muscle that can grow, right? Yes. Yes. You saw that even with the disciples. They asked the Lord to increase their faith, right? Yes. Okay. So our gifts can grow, right? Yes. Paul says it in, I believe, in Corinthians as well, right? Desire the better gifts. Moses even says it in the Old Testament. I wish they all would prophesy. Right? Yes. But we have to know the why. Especially about prophecy. And it's because it's being the mouthpiece of the Lord. So you're clearly and accurately hearing what he has to say. And saying exactly what he has said in the manner in which he is saying it. Not your own spin, twist, or interpretation on it. Exactly as he stated or decreed or commanded it to be stated, right? Yes. Yes. Which requires an incredibly close walk with the Lord. And, and by that, I mean, I'll phrase it in this way. A willingness to hear, clearly hear, and to know or understand what it is that he's saying and how to say it. Mm-hmm. That is part of the gifting and functioning in the giftings. Yes? Yes. yes. Okay. Now, it doesn't mean everybody, as we see in, in Ephesians or even in here, right? If prophecy then let it be prophecy, right? And then, of course, in Ephesians, talks about offices. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, right? Yes. And you see some of the overlap here. And just because you may be teaching doesn't mean you are a teacher, right? In the, in the office of a teacher. Or just because you're prophesying doesn't mean you have the office of a prophet. Right? Yes. Which brings us back to Paul, even when he began his letter to the Romans. He said he was operating by the grace given to him as an apostle. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's the office that he was given by the Lord. And he was operating through faith and love, of course, in that place. So it's important for us to understand all those things because it it matters. It, this isn't a a thing where we just try to get all the gifts and all the offices. You cannot just collect them for your own. You can't snatch them for yourself. 
But the Lord was given the complete, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Why? <clears throat> Excuse me. Does anybody know why? Okay, well, I will tell you. Because he could be trusted with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He had demonstrated himself faithful, walking and operating in love. The love of God. God is love. That's why we're told to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Put yes. on love. So we see that in Christ, he held or was given every office and every gift. Yes? Yes. Yes. And we can have, I'll say, the same things as it were. Because he said, greater things than these you will do. But it's proportionate to your faith. And what the Lord can trust you with, what you have demonstrated yourself to be faithful in and with that he's given you. Operating mm -hmm. it fully, right? And if I'm operating in love, then I should be rejoicing. Right? And whatever the yes. thing is that the Lord's given me to do or to say or to give. Right? As the example that you, you brought up, promise. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Any questions on that? No. I just want to bring back in worship again mm -hmm. because it's such an important component of that. And I made the analogy about how our physicality works. Mm -hmm. If we feel good inwardly, outwardly we smile. Mm hmm However, if we don't feel so good, if we smile outwardly, inwardly, we change. Mm -hmm. God is just so amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. we could literally just Amen. say those words over and over again. So God Amen. is just so amazing. That's He's just so, so amazing. amazing. Even the simplest things we can spend so much time in delighting. Mm -hmm. There are things that God has called us to do. There are things that we don't want to do that he wants to do. <laughs> there are times when our flesh is really battling against us, when the enemy is battling against mm -hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the times when we don't want to worship that they're so important to do mm -hmm. that. Amen. And it has yet to fail me that if I remained in worship and I just kept worshiping, professing with my mouth that God is good, that God loves me, that I can trust him, that I can have faith in him, that he is so worthy, mm -hmm. that he is so awesome, that he created mm -hmm. everything. By him I have breath. In the beginning, all that he did was good. And I just, I mean, if I just start there, man, it's amazing what that does. That brings me into that place where now I can move into, yes, Lord, what you're asking me to do is okay. Yes, Lord, I have faith in you. Yes, I can believe that. Yes, mm -hmm. I can move into mm -hmm. that. And it's just such mm -hmm. a key part. Um, and it's wonderful that God has given us that. And we just have to trust and believe that regardless of how we feel in the moment, if we mm -hmm. do that. It will change us inwardly. It will also change our perception of what he's asking us to do. And many times for me, it also gives me additional insight for the Lord to share deeper where mm -hmm. he's going or even bless me by saying, I'm going to give you a glimpse mm -hmm. of what this is going to do mm -hmm. only because you'll never see it otherwise. You're speaking something I want you to speak that you'll never see what happened with that seed. Mm -hmm. But it's something's happening with that seed. Mm -hmm. And because of my relationship with him, because he's shown me that when I worship him, I'll see that and all that, then I have that faith I can trust in that. And then that, that, that just brings the flourishing 
uh-huh. of my relationship with him. And then I move into that place where I quoted Piper, right? That God becomes most glorified in me because I'm most delighted in him. But I'm most delighted in him because of who he is. Mm-hmm. And he did that for me. So it's mm-hmm. just this wonderful kind of round robin that you can just get into and just experience mm-hmm. the fullness and the wonder that comes from worshiping him. Amen. Amen. Who else has something they want to share? I do. Okay. Um, very quickly, I enjoyed your analogy, Mr. Dean, about the smiling, and it caused me to think of how love works and how it's not fickle. It's not based on emotion and how we feel and the dependency that we have on God because he doesn't work by how he feels. Um, today I am mad with so-and-so. Today, I dislike so-and-so, and now you have this um, less-than-perfect work that he turns in, but he's always loving. He's always kind and compassionate, and um, in today's age, especially, like, teenagers, like, as they get into the teen years and they're watching a bunch of TV and they're on social media, they like to mold themselves after the people they see on tv and i have done this myself so speaking from experience the people that i thought was that i thought were awesome and they were just the epitome of whatever the thought was and i would try to fashion myself after them and then it never worked because they aren't the pattern and the example they aren't the ones that you should be comparing yourself to because hate to spoil your day but they still fall short of the glory too so why would you double fall short of the glory trying to be like them <laughs> and just being where God asked you to be and doing what God asked you to do? And in that, love is accomplished and his will is accomplished in you and you feel satisfied. You are built up. You can build others up. And um, altogether, it's a it's a better place to be than trying to find satisfaction, trying to find something abstract that doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of life to make yourself feel good and um so i enjoy that and on a separate note when we were talking about um loving your neighbor as yourself and the two greatest commandments it the lord brought me to first john 4 20 uh verse that's chapter 4 verses 20 through 21 And it says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So um, with the two greatest commandments, it's impossible for you to love God if you can't love the person that you're looking at. But you can't love the one that you're looking at if you don't have God in your life and you haven't made yourself a part of him now i'm not going to say made him a part of you because it's the the reversed way you make yourself a part Mm -hmm. of him there is no way we could accomplish the will of god and do what he would have us to do and genuinely love someone as god loves us if we are not a part of him if we have not made ourselves a part of him if we haven't fashioned ourselves after his image because well we were made in his image and in his likeness in the beginning so I would encourage our listeners to return to that, to that image. That's your true identity, who you really are, a son or daughter of the Most High God, not the 
secular celebrities you see on TV or the other people that you may see in a video. That's not your God. That's not your image. That's not your identity. That's not who you are. You're who God said you are. Mm-hmm. Leo, Amen. thanks for sharing that. And it made me realize I didn't clarify something in what I said. And um, so our emotions are extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. And they were yes. given to us by God. So they're good. But we can improperly use them. Mm-hmm. Emotions give us lots of fuel. They give us lots of intensity. They help us to move forward to do things, especially things we didn't want to do. So in that understanding about the smile we're also understanding how to create the emotions we want that begins in worship but that helps us to get the emotion Mm -hmm. back to how can i love my brother right Mm -hmm. in those moments well i go back into worshiping god and then allow him to reveal to me which then out brings me in alignment with him then the emotion follows so love is not just an emotion but there's nothing wrong with bringing that emotion in to give me the fuel and the power to move forward it's just how i make that happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i can control that Mm-hmm. With God's word and with the Holy Spirit in me, mm-hmm. which is really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Instead of being ruled by my emotions, I can rule over them and actually use them to my benefit and the benefit of others. Mm-hmm. I like that you said that, Dean, because um, as we're we're going down the the list, uh, starting in verse six, uh, yeah, verse six and moving downward, as he's talking about use your gifting the right way. Use it with everything that's within you for the but in a good way and for the good and appreciate it so you know um one that stands out that kind of clearly identifies this would be the he who shows mercy in verse eight with cheerfulness i mean that yes i'm going to be compassionate but i'm going to be angry while i'm doing it doesn't quite work out you know it puts that limitation on the gift and that that's what you were referencing earlier promise I, I really appreciate that, doing it the right way. This is the way God meant for it to be done and us exercising in the gifts that he gave us the right way, the way it's meant to be done is so important. And it makes me, it makes me think um, personally about, I was, the Lord and I have been talking over the, the weekend about um, some of the, the things, the gifts that he's put in me in particular and Sometimes I feel like, well, God, why do I have to do that? That, you know, that, then nobody else is doing it. That's not fair. I mean, I don't know what anybody else is doing, but in, <laughs> you know, in that self, that chasm of me that says, you know, I'm the center of everything. And, you know, the Lord, he just kind of listened. And, you know, my, my Lord knows me. So he kind of chuckled a little bit. And he said, Kamisha, go get your Bible. And I said, okay. okay lord you know (laughs) and then he said he said go to romans i was like oh we've been talking about romans lord okay you know as i'm i'm pitying myself and talking about all the reasons why things aren't fair for me or you know why does my gift look like this and why do i have to do that with it and he said verse go, go to chapter 12 and you know i try to turn somewhere else and he said i said 12 i said oh okay and then my eyeballs you know hit the first scripture in verse 12, <laughs> present your body as a living sacrifice. So even in how we minister our gifts and going, okay, God, the way you want me to function is right and it's good and it's my reasonable service. You know, in my, my self-pity at the time, it felt like, 
my gift was maybe a little bit more sorrowful or maybe more burdensome than someone else's. It's, it's not, I don't feel happy about it at this moment, but my reasonable act of worship is to go, Oh, okay. God. So there, there's a place for this and you need me to do this. And what it happens to be is intercession. Um, I have a prophetic intercession ministry that the Lord wants me to fulfill a gift that he wants me to fulfill. And sometimes it's not convenient. <laughs> it's, it, it can feel burdensome or um, intrusive because it's, here it is. And God's like, I need you to pray for this and, and not just pray for it, but pray for it like it's your own life. And <laughs> don't quit until I tell you to stop. And, you know, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I wanted to sleep today or I wanted, you know, whatever. I want to talk about me, Lord, because, <laughs> Of course, I'm the most important person in the room. No, 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 that's not the truth. But that, those two, those two things working together, doing it right, and understanding that it's my reasonable act of worship, because sometimes it doesn't feel good, like you were saying, Dean, to be cheerful and showing compassion to someone or showing mercy. Sometimes it doesn't, um, when we want, the Lord is asking us to give, it takes everything within us to do it generously because we're like, but God, don't you know there's, or, you know, or we're in a moment of being human. It doesn't always feel like what the nice picture of it, the nice side of it would feel like. It doesn't always feel easy. It doesn't always come naturally to us, but understanding that God wants us to do it right. And it's the least that we can do <laughs> because he's done so much for us. And it's necessary according to his plan. It's what's reasonable. He's not asking too much of us. Makes, you know, for me, brings that and keeps it in perspective. And, and God will have to remind me again, I'm sure, because he's my loving heavenly father. But also, I want us to all be encouraged. There's times where we come to a place where like, Lord, my gift doesn't feel too good right now. It doesn't feel easy. It doesn't feel convenient. It doesn't, I'm not thinking about that. Maybe I don't want to do this right now but to also bring it back to a place of God understands that and he loves you regardless and to see beyond what you feel or that your feelings in the moment and let the Lord minister to you. Cause he'll always bring you through it. If you keep trusting him, if you keep your faith extended, he'll bring you back to that place where you you're like, okay, God, I can, I can engage again, you know? And like you were saying, Dean, worshiping him brings you back to that place where you can engage again. Sometimes you feel tired. Sometimes you feel like, Lord, I've been on this faith journey for a long time. I've been, interceding i've been believing i've been patient i've been kind i've been doing this i need my answer or i need relief or i need something or whatever it is and keep engaged with god keep trusting him know that he is not condemning you if you come to a place that you feel like that but also know that he'll always bring you back as long as you stay engaged and you don't give up on him and you don't quit and fall away he will bring you back to the right place didn't you have something well yeah you just you you kind of nailed it He's not going to condemn you for feeling that way. God gave you feelings. Mm -hmm. He gave you anger. He gave you um, fear. He gave you all those. He gave you all these crazy emotions, it's, but they're tools to use. And that's what some people don't understand. I don't have to be subject to my emotions. My emotions are subject to me through the guidance of the Holy Spirit who mm -hmm. lives in me. And so I have to understand that. Surrender every thought captive to Christ. Mm -hmm. This emotion I'm feeling right now, what is it telling me to do? And that typically just say, if it's a negative emotion, it's telling me I need to move to a place of alignment with God. That's all it's telling me. It's not saying I'm wrong, I'm condemned, I'm bad because of it. 
gosh, if we're we're honest, we have some thoughts sometimes that pop into our heads that are like, oh my goodness, I hope nobody ever gets to hear or see that thought, right? Mm-hmm. We know that God does, mm-hmm. of course, but He understands that, and there's no there's no condemnation in that. It's just surrendering in that moment, saying mm-hmm. thank you Absolutely. for allowing my emotions to work the way you designed them to work. Thank you for allowing me a pathway back to surrender that thought. Mm-hmm. And then whatever it is, it's okay. And mm-hmm. for me, worship just puts that right back into moving into that, mm-hmm. using that emotion for the right thing. Mm-hmm. If it's if I'm having a pity party, it's like, okay, let's, mm-hmm. let's move on. I mean, the Psalms are full of it. Look at David. <laughs> oh, Lord, how long? How long? <laughs> and then he goes, but you, God. Mm-hmm. And he remembers to frame his emotions in context of who God is, and mm-hmm. then the correction is made, and then God gets glorified. And mm-hmm. look at and look at all that he did for David. Mm-hmm. And he's he's he was he's our father, just like he's David's father. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's right. uh, I want, I know we're we're short on time, so I'll, I'll say we're going to go over a little bit because I really sense like this needs to to be um, stated right. Um, what we're going to discuss here next because. All the, the gifts operate out of love, right? First to God, and then loving our neighbor as ourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I love how you brought that up. Honey. Like a lot of times we just focus on ourselves and these are my gifts and, right? And It's all about it's me. It's all about <laughs> me, right? <laughs> right? But, but no, it's, there are, in the natural, there's a tendency to go, well, look at all the gifts that the Lord is using and flowing that I am operating in, I'll say it in that mm-hmm, way, mm-hmm. and functioning in. And that's not what it's about. It's great to be used for the Lord, right? We have that. important because he's using you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, well, people can see it, right? Mm-hmm. But I'll say it in this way. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, gives the purpose for all the gifts, right, that we desire to to have the Lord use or or bestow on us that we can use them, right? But then again, as Promise pointed out, the gifts function, or we function the gifts as the Lord gives, as the Holy Spirit gives for us to to function in, right? To operate in. So it's as we're commanded, right? Yes. So 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says this, even so, even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel, mm-hmm. right? Let's go. So, so that's the, I'll say the chief end to the gifts, edification of the church, mm-hmm. right? Um, isn't that exactly what he says in Ephesians 4? He gave all these offices and, and whatnot for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Paul, the Lord, through Paul, keeps going back to this this body. We are, we are his church. We are his body. We are his, as in the Lord's bride. So 1 Corinthians 12, because oh, I'll say it in this way. In Romans 12, in this section of scripture, Paul is talking about the body functioning together, right? Working together. And in 1 Corinthians 12, he, he begins this the same pattern, right? We'll start in verse 20. Now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body, right? And, of course, 
it continues in the next few few scriptures saying um the eye can't say the hand of have no need of you right and these other parts can't say to another part of the body i don't have any need of you right but he says those members of the body which we think to be less honorable on these we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty right um but then he says and that, that, was, that was verse 23. 24 says this, But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice in it. So, he says that, and as we were going over this, I was reminded of the woman at the well and the story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4, right? There is this amazing thing that happens. And of course, the Lord goes through her her past and prophetically um, states it to her. <laughs> and and of course, as a result of, of the, the miracles through our Lord and Savior, she believes. And not only does she believe, right? But he goes and uh, she gets the town people to come out. Now, in this is very interesting because there's this awesome thing that happens where the Lord is talking about the harvest. And his, question, his disciples are questioning him about food because they haven't had any in such a long time, right? Um. And of course, anyone saying, did, did anyone give him something to eat while we were gone, searching for food? or, Right? And the Lord, that's John 4, verse begins in verse 34, says this. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. But then he continues and he says, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for what you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. So if we look at that, isn't that not the body working together? And Dean, you pointed this out about the body working together. We all don't have the same job. Everyone has to do their parts. And, and Paul covers this in scripture and he says um, that one sows and another waters and then yet another one um, reaps, right? But all receive a reward. Isn't that exactly what Jesus is saying here, Right? He who reaps receives wages, but all these other people are receiving wages, right? And, but then it continues. So, th- so we see in here, in gathering in the harvest, the body working together. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their task. Everyone has their their purpose, their plan. You know, whether it's small or great or whatever the case is, everyone has their role. But then it continues, and I love this in in verse thirty nine, right? And we really see exactly what the Lord is describing and discussing through Paul. See, we see it, we read about it, 
in Jesus and his ministry. As it continues, and it says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him, that is Jesus, because of the word of the woman who testified. She told me all I ever did. Oh, sorry. He told me all I ever did. Mm-hmm. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Here's the key. And many more believed because of his own word. And then here's the, here's the real key part. They, then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard of him, and we know that this woman in, uh, sorry, that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Mm-hmm. Because of her, right? She had just come to Christ. She had just believed in him. And look how fast the Lord did a work in her. And she was used to plant seeds and water others. And everyone was rejoicing. Because they now were in, uh, in the family, in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. because of this woman. She didn't stay in her place of, uh, I'll say, pity or sorrow, or right, which or shame, or shame, which the Lord had ministered to her, right? But he, she chose to move forward, just like we were bringing up. Uh, everyone's bringing up about David and the Psalms and and countless other places. She chose to come out of that, grasping onto the Lord, worshiping Him, acknowledging Him, and others came in. Seeds were sown, others were watered, and a harvest was was reaped. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the body working together. It didn't say that she by herself went and evangelized and brought everybody to Christ. And no, no, no. She shared the word. And she exhorted others to go seek him for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they came and, and visited with the Lord mm-hmm. and heard his words. That's right. And there was a generational uh, exactly. body of Christ. The body of Christ is not just limited to one time and phase. When he's talking about you're going to enter, you, I sent you to reap for what you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Mm-hmm. Well, you see down in verse 42 confirms they were waiting for the Messiah. Absolutely. That wasn't because of what the woman said or what the dis- disciples said. That was because of what had been sown in the law and the prophets. The, mm-hmm. the prophets had them waiting specifically, waiting for the exactly. Messiah, even though he's written into the law as well. Uh, but that's what the disciples got to enter into. So you see that convergence of separate generations of the body of Christ coming together because mm-hmm. he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So, the body of Christ is what it is. It's not just limited to, oh, you're sitting with me here today in 2021 in Virginia, I mean, Chesapeake, Virginia, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now we're the body of Christ. It goes beyond that. The heavenly community lives. It's beyond that. So there is that interesting element of the Lord as well. Exactly. And And then that woman quickly becoming a part of the body and being effective in her work and being to to share and spread the gospel as well. Why? Because he had changed her perspective on love and she could now operate in that love towards God and towards her neighbor. He changed her perspective of herself. Exactly. Her mind was renewed Mm -hmm. so she could come into that, uh, I'll say the newness, entering in fully, completely in love, the love of God, mm-hmm. 
and we see the, the results, and that is the body working together. It's a, a, a great example, and you know, just something the Lord administered and I felt led mm-hmm. to share Amen. with everyone, um, and encourage us. Let's not, the emotions are, uh, I'll say great in the sense of, it's something the Lord gave us, and he gave us these gifts, but let's not let our emotions dictate what happens. Yep, we can acknowledge them. We can bring those things before our Heavenly Father. But let's come like David did and move forward. Not remain in our emotions, Mm -hmm. but move forward in Him, grasping onto Him and utilizing the gifts. First, because we love God, and then because we love His people. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, let's stop there for today. I know we've gone over, um, but can I get someone to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for your love, Lord, that it's unchanging and unwavering, Lord, that we can depend on it, God, and we can depend on you and your character, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that you apply to each and every one of us, Lord, new and afresh each day, God. We thank you for the gifts that you have given us, Lord, the talents and the treasures that you have bestowed upon us, Lord, to do with it as you will instruct us to do, God, to further your word in the earth, Lord, and to bring those that aren't yet saved to you, Christ, and to edify those that are, Lord, and build them up and encourage them to keep on after you, God. So we just thank you for the blessings you've provided for us, Lord, the safekeeping of our listeners and our partners, Lord, and those that are participating in these um, morning devotionals, Lord, and we just thank you for your goodness all the way around, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.